Big homies, big homie Bell Brown, the always authentic Andy's Austin. The vivid voice. And this was episode 16. Sweet and 16. And we, we discussed. <laughs> we discussed mental health and we, we delved into a lot of topics that were surrounded it. We were joined uh, by Miss Dominique Cecil who uh, from Yellowbird Counseling LLC. LLC. Um, she has a whole lot of what? alphabet soup around her name, you know, with the different credentials she's gotten, and she's also known as that therapist. Yeah. Yeah, that one. We were also joined by Miss T.A. Tucker. T. Chiller. Put some respect on her name, T. Was, was Was there to provide some, some very healthy context to the conversation. Yeah. Would, yeah, would you like to provide a word? Yeah. A word. A word bit. So, uh, enjoy as this episode goes to the throes of mental health and the realization that help isn't hard to find. Um, Let's help delete the stigma attached to mental illness in our communities and all minorities and get some help. Everybody should have a therapist, including therapists themselves. I love how she just switches in and out of play mode, the serious mode. It's like the direct opposite of what Kevin Hart was talking about oh when he was God. talking about kids being in play mode. It's pretty dope. <sighs> anyway, so, um, yes, we are trying to get this episode to you guys as soon as possible because we realize there's elements to it that people can actually use and benefit from. And so, it ain't nothing to it but to do it, as always, man. Stay with it. For the money. For the money. Hey. Hey. On a bitch. Wait for the horns to come in. There they go, look at There they go, look at So you know it's time to talk about it. Listen, it's the Widdit Committee. Young, talented, gifted. Black love and politic talk. Not love and hip hop, but it's knowledge we give out. I hope that you can catch it and try to run it back without fumbling the shit we kicked. It's not for the simple minded, more for the gifted I give My opinions, hope you can rebuttal the shit that I kick If you can't, then be quiet, take a seat and just try to Soak up the wisdom we spilling with it, committed, gotcha Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you Then we gon' talk about it, we not those other fools This ain't your typical hypocritical dummy news They do that shit for views, we do this for the youth Who come behind us, in the trenches you'll find us Giving game in the brains of the youngest To remind them of the greatness Inside them, let them know that they can become whatever they wanna be. Just look at me, I'm a young black lion, and yeah, I'm full of pride. Sitting with my lion, this product of my environment. Whether it's brown, dirt, green grass, or iron fence, or a picket fence, don't matter. Long as you get through it with motivation, dedication, and wittiness, hard work, and greediness, even the sky is limitless. You wanna know what my definition of witty is, or what wit it is? That's what witty committee is. Throw up your W's. Tell us what's up with you, and we gon' talk about it. Yeah, we gon' talk about it. Throw up your W's. Tell us what's up with you, and Bear gon' talk about it. Anise gon' talk about it. Yeah.
What up, what up, what up, what up? What up, what up, what up, what up? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What's going on, people? What's happening? People, people. People, people. People, people. Hey, how y'all doing, man? What's going on? Can I get you to test your mic, sweetie, real quick? Test the mic. Yeah, yeah. Test it. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, we in here. Yeah. Testing. All right, there we go. <laughs> it's your big homies, big homie. And we are in here for another edition of Witted Wednesdays. I am next to the always authentic Andy's Austin. The vivid voice was going down. Uh, we have two very, 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 very special guests yes. inside of the studio this week. We have Mrs. Dominique Cecil. Yes, Miss. That, Miss. that therapist. That therapist. <laughs> that therapist. Oh, the, that therapist. And we have friend of the show, Miss T.A. Tucker. T-Chiller. None, none real. You know what I'm saying? Your king favorite flavor. You know what I'm saying? T-Chiller. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um... As, as you can see, we are um, discussing the um, the state of depression because... 16 it, tracks. Yeah. This is yeah. our 16th episode. It's a classic. Episode. It's a classic. Thank you. It's a classic. That's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. No skits. No. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us again through all 16 of these episodes. We are very, very pleased to be here for 16 of those episodes and... <laughs> We thank our always committed committee committee <laughs> for rocking with us through all of our technical difficulties and all of our just trying things out. We are very appreciative and we are very happy to see that you guys are still with it. And rocking. And rocking, you with know. Y'all know what time it is. So so <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was gonna get anyway. We yes. are this this week, um, it was something near and dear to both of us to um highlight a a topic that was something that was near and dear to us. We knew we wanted to sit down um uh with Miss Dominique and actually allow someone who delves in this realm a lot and helping people understand what mental health is yes. and how you are to mandate and kind of aid yourself through the trials and tribulations of mental health, whether it be depression, um, anxiety, and things of the sort. So we were very interested in getting in here and having a conversation with her. Also glad to have someone who relates well to us very much. Um, and our friend of the show, we're so happy she was able to be here as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, you know who I'm next to, so there's no need to further prolong this conversation with these uh, elaborate introductions. I will let Miss Anise start chopping this down. So yes, um, as as Bear so eloquently said, we uh, mental health is something inside of the black community that we do and we should take very seriously. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of us do not take it as seriously because of a lot of misinformation that is out there. So what we wanted to do, we didn't want to aid in the misinformation. We wanted to sit down with a licensed professional who would be able to delve into some of these issues and possibly clear up some things, some misconceptions that we even have. So, uh, Miss Cecil, we would like you to introduce yourself and 
you know, give us a background of, you know, how you are qualified to speak about this. Tell us who you are. Hi, everybody. My name is Dominique. I am the lead clinician and CEO of Yellowbird Counseling, a.k.a. That Therapist. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I love it. I have been serving the... Um, serving at the capacity of a psychotherapist for the past eight years. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, so that's, you know, a master's degree with a license. Also, I'm board certified in my craft. So um, I think that makes me super qualified. Yes. <laughs> super qualified. We do love credentials. Yes. We yes. do love someone who Put cannot be shaped. Put them letters on there. I got yeah. some alphabet soup behind my name. There you yes. go. There you go. Alphabet and you're going to need a big spoon to get all right. of Get you a bowl. Get you a bowl. <laughs> Come get you a bowl of this alphabet soup. Yes. Uh, she is, as she said um, earlier, she is the CEO of Yellowbird Counseling. That's an LLC. Yes, ma'am. Um, you guys need to. She just put her um, information out in below on the live. Um, you guys should click on that for all of your needs and necessities because that's one of the things that we want to talk about. Um, mental health inside of the black community, um, we're talking about the state of depression. And we, because mental health has become a sexy phrase now, it, is because it has become a hot topic and it has become something that is just adorned and attached to things that do not necessarily fit that. Depression has become a blanket statement to describe uncomfortable feelings. So with the state of with the state of depression, me and Bear were speaking and we were like, you know, a lot of us aren't really residents inside of this state. We're not really residents. Some of us are just visiting. You don't have an address. You're not not diagnosed here. There's a huge difference when it comes down to depression and just, I had a bad day. Correct. And this level of misinformation is something that is somewhat responsible as well for the lack of education and the lack of treatment that comes with mental health. Um, depression itself is synonymous with sadness. And we need to understand, especially in our community, we need to understand that depression is not a one-size-fits-all type of narrative. It is not a, well, you're, you know, when people say that they're depressed or something happens to them, you know, their friends, family members, or people close to them, they typically say, well, I didn't know anything was wrong because they weren't sad. They didn't look sad. And it's because depression necessarily does not, showcase the component it doesn't always show sadness being its, its primary emotion like it, it doesn't always show that it is it is something that the people can't see me like this oh, right? i wasn't looking at the camera when i did it my bad. they can't see me okay you don't want me to be seen no. but i shall be heard no, just <laughs> um so um dominique is that something that you like you face a lot without going into deep detail or anything like that for you know patient clip you know confidential options but what is the thing that you see the most when people come in to try to speak about their emotions like when they come in to talk about depression like do you often sometimes have to tell people hey you're depressed you're going through depression or do people just fall into that like what does what does that look like 
because I think some people always they, they just wrap their hands around sadness and immediately they go into it thinking that well because you have fully functioning high functioning depressives so it's like can you first define what depression is I love to. I actually just finished, um, last month was National Mental Health Awareness Month, so I just finished a three-part series. Um, I go live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yes. Um, and so the first week that I, dis I started the series, we talked about different types of depression, actually. I saw that one. And then we talked about, um, eh, it was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the second week we talked about symptoms. And then last week I wrapped up with treatment, so medication versus therapy mm. and the combination of the two. Yes. So um, a lot of um, my main purpose for doing that is to um, debunk all the myths and the misunderstandings and the falsehoods about mental illness and depression because um, it is a widely used term that's just kind of thrown around there. It's the same as bipolar disorder, which i yes. um, That'll be another another thing that I'll address at another time. But um, with depression, uh, what I was telling the audience in my first week was there has to be a set duration of time that you have a consistent feeling of emptiness, uh, hopelessness. You may have some physical functionalities that are interrupted, such as sleep, maybe sleeping too much, maybe not sleeping enough eating too much, maybe not eating at all, um, moving really, really fast, being fidgety or really slow, like being lethargic, and that has to happen consistently over a two-week time span before we can even, dis we can even discuss um, depression as a diagnosis. Um, but me personally as a clinician, on top of that, uh, I pay very close attention not to just throw on labels nothing wrong if depression is the issue nothing wrong if we're just sad both are eligible for therapeutic services everybody needs a therapist it's a household good everybody should have a therapist um, on their refrigerator someone they can call in any type of hard time diagnosis or not so um, but like I was saying we have to have those time frames we, there's also a specific age um, that diagnosis can begin and then also um, also the severity of the symptoms. So basically, if you have um, any of the symptoms that I just mentioned as far as interruption in daily functioning, maybe you're not feeling well enough to get out of the bed, you're sleeping, you know, not sleeping at all, or eating too much or not eating at all, or um, any of those things, we need to at least see that for two weeks in order for depression to be considered. And that's just the basic level of depression. There are actually different kinds. Yeah. So, um, One of the things that I, that I found interesting was, as I was saying earlier, that people automatically look at sadness as a form of depression and I know I keep harping on this idea ladies and gentlemen but it is it is viable it is vital that we understand that these two terms are not synonymous everyone going through a depression or going through a dep depressive state is not 
sad. They do not look like Eeyore. Some of these people are high-functioning depressions. I understand it because I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm the, so glad you like are open with that. I oh love yes, it. I yes. love it. Um, the the definition, one of the definitions um of depression is feelings of se severe despondency and dejection. Now, at the Witter Committee, we have always told you and harped on the idea that we would take these blanket terms and break them down for you guys so that you would not subject yourself to falling on an umbrella that you may not even fit under. Mm -hmm. The level of misinformation and miseducation inside of our community is, is allowing for a lot of us to go untreated, therefore untreating ourselves, medicating ourselves, and not allowing ourselves to get the help that we really should get we really do need and it allows for us to put on these labels on ourselves and diagnose ourselves so that we then subject ourselves to a narrative that's that we don't even belong in the people who are around you let's go back as an african-american there is no way and i, I don't want to make it about race or anything like that but y'all y'all know what it is as an African American in, Uni in the United States of America, there's a high level, there's a, I, I want to think that there's a high probability that you have some sort of mental illness inside of you right now because the world itself is a trigger to you. We have been living in a state of mental anguish, a state of mental anxiety and all types of different things within ourselves that for one, we're already behind the eight ball because we didn't even know that we were. There's a lot of us didn't know anything about anxiety or depression or any of that thing or, or any of those things because we were told that those were evil spirits mm -hmm. or we just need to go lay down. There's right. nothing wrong with you. You're just having a bad day. You need to own up. You need to woman up. You need to man up. You need to do all these different things. And there are several different stressors and several different triggers that trigger you that you may have not even known that that's what that was. Those things manifest themselves not always as ang not always as sadness. Sometimes people are angry. Sometimes people are just simply quiet. Sometimes people are simply just not responsible. Sometimes people are overly happy. Like sometimes people are exuberant. You know, they are actually jovial, jovial even. Diction. Big diction. Hi, Bear. Tap it. For the money. Yes. Sometimes people are literally in a state where they don't know what to do with their emotions. And the world around them is telling them that these emotions are fabricated or they're not that serious. Which leads them to go to a road of trying to find some level of normalcy. So, we self-medicate. So, I have, like the question I wanted to lead off with was, if you have someone who doesn't really identify with the symptoms of depression, meaning they don't actually know what they look like to them. Like, you can see what sadness looks like on someone else. Yes. But what sadness looks like on you may look completely different. Precisely. Um, Good job. If you are going through life and you're dealing with hardships, you don't necessarily identify with the symptoms of depression yourself. Like, you don't think that, well, my eating habits have always been erratic. Or I've always been high-functioning two or three days out the week and the other couple of days out the week I feel lazy. 
how do you get to a point where you identify with the things that you're dealing with as depression? So for me, I that kind of, uh, me personally as a clinician, that dives kind of into the structure of therapy that I utilize. I am a cognitive behavioral therapist. Um, it's evidence-based practice and it's one of the, if not the uh, fastest working type of therapy that there is that has been uh, researched. Mm-hmm. So that is what I choose and I have been certified as a cognitive behavioral therapist for about three years now. Um, so what I do initially when a client comes to see me is I gather background information from as far back as they can remember all the way from childhood to present. And a lot of people think, well, why is that important? Because I need to know what developed you as a person. I need to know if there are themes. Have these triggers always been around? When was the turning point? Does your family, does anyone in your family have depressive symptoms? Those are things that I want to know up front in order to effectively start um, making diagnostic decisions, which takes me about six to eight sessions. I'm very, very thorough. Um, before we start using labels because sometimes it can just be hardship. Yes. If we're having debilitating um, issues or functionality issues, we can't uh, take care of ourselves, we can't take care of our kids, we aren't able to function at school or on the job, then that's something that I may need to look at a little bit more closely and see um, what treatment measures we need. But the thing, the thing I want to say, too, with that, is even if there is a diagnosis of depression, that doesn't mean that I would treat that person any differently necessarily than someone who is sad with those same hardships. Because, um, like I said, depression is more of a duration and severity of symptoms that someone that is sad may also have. Mm -hmm. So that's what depression is. It's just giving us a time frame. And that's just for clinicians and insurance purposes. That's why we need that. Um, not taking anything away from it is very serious, and it can worsen. It does affect our, um, like I said, it does affect our, our physical health as much as it does our mental health. Uh, but I would gather that same information and draw those same themes because what it is is a distorted thought process that has developed that affects our feelings, which affects our behavior. So um, anybody that comes to me with those type of symptoms, I would um, treat the same. It's the same path. It's just the individualized treatment is where we start to get into the differences. But the overall theme of what I do is the same. So um, I feel like there is a a way that most people tend to identify with the things they're going through as like blanket emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's easy to identify with anxiety because of the physical constraints it puts you through. Mm-hmm. Um, depression is much harder to get a grasp at or look at and the reason why I wanted this visual for this episode was because there are multiple reasons why depression can manifest mm-hmm. in a person that causes you to be in this state for that abundant amount of time uh, of two to whatever long to determine that they are actually depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mean, me myself putting under the microscope, I it took me a while to identify, and this is like recently. Some my uh, sister who also um, this, uh, told me she was like, "You and me are the same based off how we were raised. Mm-hmm. You are constructed a certain way, and you deal with stuff a certain way, 
because you are high functioning. You can go out into the world and keep a smile on your face because you are an extrovert and you can be in the public view and look and appear fine. But when you get by yourself, the way you handle issues that pop up, you, you do have depressive symptoms. Like you do have elements about you that seem to just drag on. They never end to you. It's just an ongoing saga of it. So um, the, 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 the back part of the question I had is if you are, uh, how do you suggest someone actually take the road to going to seek uh, counseling about things that they've been through? Things that they might not even identify with because I didn't identify as a person that was depressed for a while. But when I start to analyze behavior patterns over the years, it's like, okay, yeah, this is something that hasn't necessarily ended or stopped. This is something that you actually can identify with. It's something that you deal with. So somebody that has those same, that same setup, so to speak, how would you recommend they go about seeking therapy? Is this something that they should go through, like, uh, work with, uh, like using their insurance, or is this something that um, you just need to walk into and find somebody that you're comfortable with speaking with? So that's a really good question. I actually have two parts to it. Um, the general answer for that would be, like I said in the beginning, everyone needs a therapist. I don't care if you grew up in a Beaver Cleaver household because that also can cause its own issue. Yes, you, don't know to, you don't know how to function with other people and when things don't go right. Yes. So um, everybody needs a therapist regardless of if they think something is quote-unquote wrong with them or if they quote-unquote have an issue or not. So that would be the first place we would start. I mean, you have a dentist, right? You have an eye doctor, right? Mm -hmm. You have, you know, women. We have a gynecologist, right? Mm -hmm. So these are all, even if we go see the therapist once a month or every other week or once a year, just so we have somebody there. I mean, we, ha we all have brains. We all have thoughts. And as long as we're living, our brain can get sick. And our hearts and our feelings can get hurt just like anything else on our body. Just like if we break an arm or if, you know, our eye gets poked out or something like that. So that's the first part. The second part is for people that are able. I would suggest going and finding a therapist. There's a lot of good tools on the Internet so you don't have to call around places. My profile is actually on Psychology Today. So on that website, you can um, put your information in, such as your zip code or part of town uh, in your area where you would like to find somebody that's convenient for you. You can put in racial preferences. You can put in people that specialize in working with LGBTQ. You can put in uh, man, woman, all of that, and it'll give you a concise list of, of your preferences. Now, some people, they're not at that point. So a lot of, well, I know me. I'm just going to speak for me. Um, I offer consultations um, for people that can't even, they're not even at that point. They don't even know what they need to look for in a therapist or what kind of person they would respond to or what they would talk about. So what I do for people that are not clients of mine, I offer um, short 15 and 20 minute consultations that they can um kind of beat around with those type of questions from someone who's qualified in yes. order to prepare them to go see their own therapist. So um, I just tell people to email me about that if that's something that they need um, or go on my website and send me an inquiry and um, I'm more than happy to do that because like I said everyone needs therapy and whatever I can do as a clinician to make that a reality. Um, I do. 
that is a that brings up a very good point that I would like to, to delve into. Um, inside of the African, inside of our community, at this point, in, inside of society, at this point, we there's a myth amongst us that the resources that we have, we don't have many of. Like a lot of us don't know how how relatable or how quickly we can get help. Would you say that resources and therapeutic options and therapy and counseling, would you say that it is more, it is easier to gain access to those type of resources now for people of color than it was in the past? Or would you say that it really has, is it still difficult or... Is it something that people only struggle with because of pride? Or would you say that these resources are now becoming more common because of the higher interest or the higher interest in actually mental health? It really just depends on how you look at it, actually. Um, I think as an, as, the, as an African-American community, we do still generally struggle with, oh, well, you know, just pray about it or oh, it'll pass, or we all have problems, you know, that's true, um, but, and there's nothing wrong with Jesus and therapy. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, there's nothing right. wrong, you know. You open this door. <laughs> I mean, Jesus put people here to help each other, so that's right it's now. cool, we can, we can do both, so, um, and I know that, especially in the South, that's a huge thing. I have parents bringing their teenage children to me that are severely depressed, that are actually harming themselves. And the parents are bringing these children in that are harming themselves, still saying, oh, I'm so uncomfortable with this because I wish, you know, they would just pray more. And it's like, well, that that's fine. They can pray more, but we're, we're you know, it's two different things. Yes. We're not talking about, you know, Jesus not being good enough to heal us. That's not what we're, what right. we're talking about. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we're talking about your child needs to come see someone who's a quote-unquote talking doctor just like if they had a cold and they yes. had to go to Doc in the Box. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So um, that is a struggle for us or just um, this this myth that if we have negative emotions that we're weak. Yes. And Open I'll, this door. <laughs> So I always have to remind people that weakness is when we try to sweep things under the rug because we don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It takes a strong person to look their self in the face and say, I don't feel well. I need to do something about this. Um, and like I said, I realize that that's hard. So me as a clinician, my um, tribute, I guess, I don't know, I don't know, that sound like, I don't know, I feel like that sounds like I'm dead or something, but anyway, <laughs> Your contribution. my contribution, thank you, thank you, leave yes. the words here, my contribution to um, the community at large is just making myself present and available um, and easily accessible by way of social media and email and my website and coming, you know, and being present weekly. Um, so that people that are not feeling comfortable, they can at least hear what um, a professional has to say about things that they may be wondering about. Or, like I said, they could build a relationship with me and I could 
give them a consultation, maybe answer some of those questions or redirect some of those myths that they may believe in mm -hmm. so that they can go and um, establish a relationship with their own therapist. Right. So, um, you know, I, I would say that um, still does exist. As far as resources, actual resources, um, I'm in the clinical circle, so I see a lot of black therapists, but when I have clients coming to me, they're saying that we're hard to find. So that's always shocking to me because I know we're out there, but what I think it is, is most of us, and this is just more probably of a cultural thing, which ah, we could go a lot of ways with that, but um, we're working more in a a setting where we work with other people, like for other people. There's not a lot of us out there really doing private practice. Ah, um, I see. So more of us work in agency settings or hospital settings, and so that's not really accessible to the general population of people that don't need those institutions. Yeah. So I think that's probably um, where people may find that resources are hard to find as far as with race. Uh, but... I'm happy to say that I think I have more African-American clients um, than any other race of people, and I get a lot of black male referrals, which always makes me happy. Yes. Um, yes. Because, yes. you know, we, we, we're an oppressed population of people in general, but the black male having to feel like he has to be strong yes. in general. Yes, yes feeling like he has to be strong and can't have issues when he is man enough to say, hey, I need to come to you, my wife needs to come to you, my children need to, needs to come to you. It always makes my heart flutter when yes, they're God. the ones that call, yes, God. They call yes. me on their own. So yes. I'm seeing progress, but I can see how the general population may not because they're not constantly in contact with um, people seeking therapy or, um, you know, they don't treat clients so they wouldn't know. Ivan Madden, like he is a supporter of Smash, all things Smash Brothers Radio. He loves for interest to come in and um, I appreciate you for your transparency, Ivan. He says, uh, please see a psychiatrist and get properly and pro get properly properly there you go. diagnosed. There you go. If you, you have that P word ain't gonna defeat you today. <laughs> get it. Whoop him. Okay. Properly get diagnosed. If you feel you have any mental problems, don't feel ashamed. From my experience, self-medicating a problem can lead to addiction or near death. And I feel like that, that goes directly with what you were just saying, especially when it comes down to males. Um, it, it makes me... Mm, it makes me very happy to hear about men deciding that they need help because often men feel as if speaking about things like this is almost like they are closely tethered to tradition and religion than, than the woman mm -hmm. in certain aspects because of pride. You know, pride is a is a hindrance. So not only you got pride, but you also got outside influences too, mm -hmm. making you feel like you can't be a man and right. go to therapy at the same time. Right. It is it is almost like you have all of these these same outside influences are the same outside influences that will tear you down 
for trying to get help, but then tear you down for not receiving any help. Right. You know, because yeah. a lot like mental health and crime work almost synonymously. Like if you're if you're going through some stuff and you've had a mental if you had a mental break, then some people lash out differently than other people. You know, if you are stressed and you have all these different things going on with you, some people they they rely on being um, destructive as a means to get some type of mental relief. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. like a reprieve. Uh -huh. So it it is unfortunate. I really wish that everyone would take mental health even closer because we. Mental health and physical health are closely related. Like you just said, you would not tell your children or your mate or your mother or your father or anybody close to you if they had a broken leg. You would not tell them to pray about it. Correct. And leave it there. Correct. Like this is not a this is not an assault on your faith or your religion. This is simply saying, hey, the mind and the body are two things that are closely related. And if you don't feel well, you should go and take advantage of the resources that are available to figure out exactly why. This is not an illusion. This is not a myth. You are not weak because you acknowledge that you are having a weakness. You are not flawed because you are acknowledging the fact that there is a flaw or there is a problem with you. If anything, acknowledging this issue and coming face to face with this issue showcases a level of strength that most people take time and effort to wrestle with themselves about admitting. Um, I want to uh, piggyback off of resources. Not working people get insurance, right? Yeah. We all got smartphones. Mm -hmm. Everybody got iPhone, everybody got Android, right? People are not actually going into their insurance providers' websites to see these type of things that they can have access to mm -hmm. because they automatically think it costs so much money to do. And if you reach out to your HR manager, they, they will give you certain resources. Like my job, we get five free sessions. A lot of people at my job don't know that. Mm -hmm. Also, through Blue Cross Blue Shield, just like she was saying with the website that she spoke about, Blue Cross Blue Shield has a website also that you can put in what exactly you need. As far as a doctor's concerned, and it's not just uh, it's it's not just mental health. It's not it's not just therapy, but all across the board. So you don't have to go around calling people, looking through the yellow pages, or spending time just going back and forth looking through pages on Google. If you have insurance, they have websites that you can look this stuff up. Mm -hmm. Like we gotta stop acting like we don't know how to look that look stuff up. Right. We, we gotta stop being afraid to actually go on the website and look and create logins and do stuff like that where we can have access to it. Because that's another thing. A lot of people are lazy in that regard. Like they don't actually want to go to the websites and do the work that it's going to take to learn what they can do with their insurance. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, may, yes, they are lazy. A lot of people make excuses, but a lot of them, that is a symptom. You know, that is a, a symptom. Like, we're, we're not going to condemn them for, for not looking at it. But there are people who don't take advantage of their own health. They right. are not responsible right. for their own health. And they make that the responsibility of people who are around them. The first like, step is to admit that you have an issue. Yes. And then the second step is to actually go about finding how to fix that issue. Yes. Yes. So if you're trying to find a way to, to fix the issue and you have insurance 
that's going to be able to at least cover some of it, mm -hmm. you need to go to your website to find out what does it cover. Mm -hmm. And people think, people call me and they automatically expect for me to give them this high number. Um, insurance covers most of it. They end up paying maybe sometimes 20 or 10 percent or sometimes it's covered completely. Mm -hmm. um, I am a Blue Cross Blue Shield provider and I don't see a lot of, I don't see a lot of high copays and even for my people that have high deductibles I do offer a payment plan. Even for people that don't have insurance um, to make mental health care more affordable I have um, sliding scales and and you know things to help out people payment plans so they can actually get well and I always tell all my clients I, you know we'll handle the money but if you're getting well that's more of what I'm concerned about right so hopefully there's other therapists that are out there that are like that but if not hey everybody I'm that therapist come find me <laughs> yes I think one of the things that people automatically assume kind of kind of um piggybacking off of tea I think a lot of people are naturally, they want to believe that it is expensive because they are afraid to speak about it. It's, it's not necessarily laziness, it's just they are afraid of getting well because a lot of people function so well inside of depression. They have learned to live with the depression. So they are functioning inside of depression and they are afraid to know what life is like outside of it. They are afraid, they look at wellness as another obstacle because there are people who function inside of chaos so much that they don't under they don't want to know what life is not what what life is like outside of a chaotic life life lifestyle. You know, some people don't want to journey down this road. They would rather believe that this is an expensive thing that they would have to undergo or they would have to sacrifice so much that they would just say, you know what, I'll live with it and self-medicate the whole way through. Mm -hmm. You know, it's way cheaper to roll some weed. Even medication is, is becoming cheaper too. Right. And oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The one thing I did want to say that I talked about last week for most uh, levels of depression. Uh, That's that right, Rose. Uh, CBT, uh, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, what I do is good enough by itself. You don't need medication with it. Um, it's designed um, and the modality is so effective that um, it's just as effective, if not more effective, uh, than taking medication. And the relapse rate uh, with Cognitive Behavioral Therapy is a lot less. So that means if you come to me and we complete therapy, um, and then a year later, you're a year later without therapy, you're still not exhibiting any symptoms. Mm -hmm. That's how well it works. While with medication, um, as soon as you stop taking it, symptoms come back almost immediately because it's more like a Band-Aid. Um, and if you have to take them together, you need the therapy, which is the ointment that cleans the cut. And then you need the Band-Aid on top to help kind of preserve and the preserve the healing process but again that's not in all cases in most cases therapy by itself is enough yes ma'am i'm it, so happy you made that doggone distinction right i'm so freaking yes i'm so happy someone made this distinction because just because you are dealing 
does not mean you need medication. Correct. That is not always the case, people. And this is the level of miscommunication and misinformation that we need to dispel. Yes, we need to sit up here and have realistic conversations. Ma'am, sir, because you are going through something, do not let someone else tell you what you need without first going to see your own personal therapist. Do not allow yourself to self-medicate. There are people who are well trained and educated to help you along this path to wellness. Do not feel that you will need some pills to numb yourself. My brother made a wonderful point. First of all, hey mama. Hey, y'all tell my mama, hey. Hey, mama. Hey. My brother made a wonderful point. Ruff said, I don't think that people are lazy. I think people are afraid to even admit that they have an issue. Because the first thing people think, say behind someone's back when they admit that they are in therapy is that that person is crazy. And they're crazy. That's not even and, a real and, word. And no one wants to... It's not. No one wants to be called crazy. Right. It's not a real word. It's not. I mean, you know... I. I, if, if you want to make it a word, make it a word for somebody who's funny, like a sense of humor, like like that. But never for for someone who is sick or not feeling well. That you know, would you call somebody who had a cold crazy? Would you call somebody who had cancer crazy? That's just you know. But but therapy is so taboo in our in our converse, in, in our culture because we look at. You know, with no stop snitching, and we we look at all of these different things. Like talking to somebody outside of your family is you are committing a taboo sin. You're talking to someone about things that are uncomfortable. You know, like these are things that you don't do. So a lot of us are conditioned naturally with these walls up, filled with pride and ego and. We are suffering in silence because we do not even know how accessible or how common depression or anxiety really is. Like, T, you and I, we we talk often, you know, just in a level of transparency. We talk often about, you know, even I, me, as in Anise, getting some type of help because some days look worse than other days for me. Some days look worse than other days when I can look at myself and know that I'm not okay and I still have to function. Like a reality is if, if, as a person that is dealing with some type of mental trauma somebody, you are you have to function. Right. You are placed in positions to where you have to function. You do not have privilege to be able to not function some days. So you work with it you work around it you work inside of it and it is it is debilitating some days this is a reality a commonality between most of your peers and you you share this with someone and i would go out there and say we're contributing as a i'll just be specific to the black culture we're contributing to our own demise of that we're perpetuating that by not getting the help that we need that's available to us so if we want to be great out here in these streets, we need to do what it takes to be great. Mm-hmm. And that starts with the mind. That starts with how we think. Mm-hmm. And then our behaviors can change. But we can't change our behaviors if we can't change how we think. And you need a therapist for that. One thing I, um, 
to people who, I mean, well, put myself into it. I ain't gonna say people. Um, I think that uh, the majority of things that I dealt with uh, growing up, I felt were normal. So, how do you get to a place where you understand that the things that you grew up with, meaning these are things that you've seen for years taking place around you, and you sense that it's normal. Like you may take someone who was subject to watching domestic violence happen. So when you get older, if you see it, it's just, oh, it's just Tuesday. Like I'm from mm -hmm. Bessemer, Alabama, so if it's 8 o'clock at night and you hear gunshots, it's like, okay, somebody's doorbell's ringing. It's like, mm -hmm. that's how common it is. Mm -hmm. How do you get to a point where you understand that the things that are around you aren't necessarily common, they're unfortunates that you've just been subjected to? Mm -hmm. Anytime you or someone else is getting hurt, there's a problem, period. It doesn't matter if it's physical, mental, emotional, financial. If, if, if words or actions or behaviors are causing you harm, which means they are keeping you from being able to function at full capacity, or what you're doing or what someone else is doing is keeping them from functioning at full capacity, there is a problem, period. It doesn't matter what the problem is, there is one and you need to have it taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, like... A lot of us grew up in in situations and in and environments where chaos is normal to us. Like what you hear is noise is something that if we didn't hear it anymore, we would feel awkward. Yeah. Like the, it would feel too empty. Mm -hmm. It would feel too quiet. Mm -hmm. You know, growing up in an area where you you were you were used to, you grew up around some train tracks, you would feel awkward if you no longer heard train tracks. That noise has become a part of the very fabric of your reality now. Mm -hmm. Without it, you have to function differently. You know, we we base our lives around certain things that uh, uh, appear in our environments That's all the time. Like we 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 appear. We yes yes, Dre, being desensitized. Like we hey, Chandra, like we. We are desensitized and we are numb. Like, that is... Transparency moment. That is how depression re re shows itself with me. Depression sometimes looks like wanting to feel anything. Something. Like, people are cutting themselves because they want to feel what it feels like to heal. Like, people are doing extreme things to themselves because they literally feel nothing. nothing. This is the despondency that we're talking about. This is not happiness. This is being in bed for two days and it all feeling like two hours. This is the time wasting past you, wasting away from you because you no longer register time as a, as a thing. You don't even feel this this stuff. Like, that is depression. And I, I, I know I keep harping on this, you guys, and I, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but we must, we must look at depression and mental health for exactly what it is. We cannot continue to go years and years on down the line with automatically equating depression with something as as. Something you, see. something you can see 
or something that's supposed to be so extreme on one area of the of the totem pole like we cannot continue to go down this road with thinking that oh you're depressed you're sad we also cannot use words haphazardly you had a bad day you are not depressed this is triggering for people who live with depression you had a bad day you are not depressed this is not you are visiting the state you are not a resident you don't have an address here we have to be more sensitive to the things that we are speaking over ourselves much so we have to be more sensitive to projecting these things and these emotions to other people around us because depression is real it is something that you can get treated and it's not a one size fits all just because you equate depression just because you say that you are depressed that does not mean that a, that a, a doctor is going to fill you up with pills Correct. sometimes you just need to talk because as Dominique said earlier they <coughs> diagnose depression based on a duration period how long has this been happening how long has this been a consistent thing? We need to be able to acknowledge and get the help because without it, these these we're just simply like you said earlier sweeping these things up under the rug. We are the y'all African American men are not making it past the age of fifty because we are drinking ourselves to the point where our livers are being affected. Women. Black women, we are leading when it comes down to heart disease because vices are vices. You may not be someone who smokes or drinks, but because our jobs are so stressful, we relish the thought of what am I going to eat for lunch? When I get off work, what am I going to eat? We're not sleeping. We're not taking care of ourselves. And a lot of that stuff starts inside of the mind. We're coping haphazardly and we are doing it to the point where we believe that we are we're helping ourselves and, and you know I, I just kind of wanted to jump in and say um, it, it, there has actually been a study done that shows that um, and it, for a lot of African Americans it started in early childhood trauma actually changes the structure of our DNA so it's pretty unfair to expect that any African-American um, sh shouldn't have any level of issue. And I say that because we came from generations of people that were enslaved. That was embedded in the DNA of our ancestors yes. that got passed down to us. Say so it. it's like say we it. were born into it. So it's okay for us to have help. Tell that truth. If it's anybody. Like, right. How we let them get to the point where they talking about depression before us. Now, I mean, I, I wasn't even going to go down here right. with us, right? My mom. Keep doing. My mom. Mom, I love you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate you saying that because that's real. That's real, mama. That's real. The, my mother, who I'm so proud to say is my mother. Jamila McCaskey says depression it's a pharmaceutical gold mine. I should have studied opioid formulas instead of cultivating weed, my children. 
the answer to your problem may not be treatment and drugs. It truly may not be. This is not me saying that medication is not necessarily needed in all cases. But sometimes, y'all, we would rather make an enemy out of therapy. We would make we would make therapy into a big monster that we would not rather go over there because we would rather self-medicate because at least we know what we're dealing with. At least we know. There is trauma, as, as you just eloquently said, there is trauma that has been passed on to us. We have inherited a lot of trauma from even our parents. Yes. From even our parents. We have we have we have carried this this on into our generations and our children and our and it's like we as the military we are now looking around and saying, no, yo, this stops now. This stops with us, we like break this chain. It started as a big stain, you know what I'm saying? In every generation, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And now, now that we're in our thirties, it's like I don't want to do this no more. No. Let's let's tackle this problem for real. Let's, yes. Let's do this for real. Let's let's make sure that our children don't have to go through this for real, because it's gonna trickle down. That's how how bullying gets started. You'd be amazed at the amount of um, people that I, that come in and say, man, I wish I would have did this before now. Things could have been so much different had I come and seen a therapist before now. And, you know, and then that's another thing we have to work through because once they realize that, there's a guilt thing. So let's not, you know, and, and of course we work through it um, because you can't do better until you know better. Right. So, um, but now that everybody who is under the sound of our voice is hearing this, let's make the next move and identify a therapist or at least contact someone to help us get on that path. Like I said, I do consultations. There may be other therapists that do it, but it's so easy. We can get on our um, smartphones and be on Facebook scrolling and responding to comments. We can send an email. So let me ask you a question because I do, I do want to point out one key point because the, the next... The next topic that we had, well, not topic, but the next sub-point we had inside of State of Depression is getting lost inside of this State of Depression. You know, traveling from different cities, you know, inside of this, this depressive state. Traveling inside of these different cities and being lost within this state to the point where we don't know exactly where we're going anymore. We don't know if we're coming or we're going inside of these emotions. It is important for all of us to establish some level of therapy. So I wonder, like, our therapist, you yourself, do you have a therapist? I am in the process of looking for a new one. I have other um, people over me, too, that... I think a therapist, you need, I think you need more than a therapist too, even sometimes it just depends. I like to have a lot of safeguards in place and I have to have them in place because I can't effectively treat people without that. Right. I myself am on medication. Right. While, you know, I, like I said before, therapy is more effective, but there are some levels of depression that do require medication. So mm. I take medication and it's fine. Um, but it is definitely um, something 
that we all need. Whether whether I suffered with depression or not, a therapist is important for me to have anyway, for any therapist, just because we're taking care of other people. Yes, so we need people taking yes, care of us. There we go. That's that's the that's the way that I that's the the line of, of communication that I need for people to understand. Um, healers, empaths, light workers, whatever you call yourself. In this world, your good heart and your need to make a difference for everyone else will come with a price. With this work, you must prioritize your mind specifically. If you are the person that everyone comes to, you need a network of things. You need safeguards because if you go if you go haywire, well, um Hey, who makes the clown laugh? <laughs> you know, who makes the clown laugh? Like who who's going to to do that for you? Like we we use our friends as therapists and 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 with that our friends are burnt out. Because they don't have any training necessarily to do this and and our friends are battling their own battles as well. You know, and our friends are biased. Our friends have bias worked up against us. Our friends have their own issues that they just cannot afford to speak on. Our friends are more sensitive and our friends are more emotionally connected to us. We are burnt out. I'm one of those friends. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people, you know. So I'm saying that to you because I know that that's something that I speak to myself about. I struggle with, my dep with depression. I struggle with anger. And anxiety, which will put me in a place of depression. This is a battle that I fight against often. So, you know, we're speaking about needing Jesus and needing, you know, needing religion or, or needing religion. You can have both. The Bible talks to you about this. It's not flesh and blood that we wrestle against. You know. The spiritual wickedness and high places, so put on the full arm of righteousness. The Bible tells you that there will be a text that come to you that will be spiritual and often mentally. You know, like, this is something that is real. You need to be able to protect your kingdom. And your kingdom is your mind. This is your most valuable asset. You, even though you take care of everybody else, take care of yourself as well. Because if you are, that is your role to heal. Uh, that is your role. That's not something that you don't run from. It. Yes, you, you are an empathetic person. You are an empath. You, that's what you do. Don't run from it. But you deserve to be able to put up limitations and balances and be able to have boundaries. And talk to somebody. Take your load to someone too. Someone that you can pay to do that. A service for you. You don't have to call your friend. Pay somebody. And your friends are giving you advice that is, and that's something that therapists actually don't do. It's a liability. Advice from another person, from their perspective and their situation, is a liability because you're not that person. 
and whatever they're offering you may not work for them either. They're just telling you the best way they know how to get along. Or they're telling you something to get you out their face. Right, yeah. Hell, and, I, and I don't want to deal with this. But I do, man. <laughs> Go lay down. Drink your Sprite. Drink some water. Exactly. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Like Portia said, put some ice on it. <laughs> right. You know, we do surround ourselves. Some, some people surround ourselves with people who the very thought of mental health and depression, it makes them uncomfortable. So they tell you whatever. Like you said, to get out of facts. <laughs> so, I mean, once you, I feel like once you get on the roll of like actually getting that help that you need, like you have to put certain people behind you in order to grow in that type of therapy. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't let somebody continue to bring you down as far as getting the help that you need by them constantly telling you, oh, there's nothing wrong or You'll be all right. And Just give it a couple of days. Like, to piggyback on even what you're saying, because, I mean, everybody that knows me knows that I grew up in church heavily. Yep. Now, in my more recent older years, I've started to see the duality in what church is supposed to be used for. And in some cases, I wasn't getting a full meal from church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was getting uh, some of the vegetables, but I can't eat vegetables all the time. I'm not a vegetarian. Like, <laughs> I need... I need other components <laughs> that, that that nourish me. That's just me. So and, and going <laughs> and going to church, um, you feel a sense of uh, you feel a lift from a you might you might hear devotion when you come in. You see everybody in the choir stand singing, and the song they're singing uplifts you a little bit, or. The pastor's opening remarks. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The pastor's sorry. opening remarks may be something that is um, uh, mentoring in nature. So he he tells you something when you get that it kind of jars your spirit from a certain place. Mm-hmm. A prolonged experience or a prolonged opening to that. Sometimes the, it, you get numb to it. Sometimes the order of church actually puts you into a place where it's like this isn't um, this isn't benefiting me the way I thought it would. Mm-hmm. This isn't pushing me to greater. This is sustaining the same pain. Because Thursday night I always feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And I now have to go to church Sunday to feel better. And it's like it's kind of like the pharmaceutical industry. It's, it's not curing what's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a slow level of treatment for it. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that people identify with church, it's I I can't risk not having this little pill on Sunday that I get from the singing and words being said inside the congregation. I need this little pill that I get every Sunday because this sustains my Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And Thursday is just I have to find a way to keep myself going until it's Sunday again. Well, I really feel like that is uh, it's dismissive in nature of what's actually wrong. Because if you're going to church and you're not getting the necessary components to, to make yourself, to pull you from where you're from. Because if it is a state of depression and you live inside a city inside the state of depression, meaning you have a catalyst to how depression happened, you have to move. Yeah. That's the only way to get rid of this aspect of you is to move from it. I think that a lot of people who uh, are more constrained to the idea of going to church, that 
this is all I need and this is going to sustain where I, where I am. It's a lot of God will make a way yeah. and not, hey, you probably should do this. Yeah. He did this is make a way. He dropped the name of a therapist in your lap. He made a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the hang up I'm having is, is trying to get people who have been in this repetitive pattern for so long to identify with an option or an outside source of how to get yourself to a better place. Understanding that church isn't the one-all be-all and how this actually gets you to alleviation. Mama, <laughs> Mama I'm, a, I'm your pusher, man. <laughs> what is she doing? Mama! <laughs> but, yes, yes, uh, finish that point. That's that's cute. That's it's, cute. That's, that's in there. Yeah, I appreciate it. You, <laughs> but, was, you was on one. I love um, it. Go ahead. I, I, to, 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 to bring a, a, a sense of home to it, it's, um, I believe that I had an awakening period when I turned 30. Mm -hmm. And that awakening period I had, it took me away from the normal view of how I used to look at stuff. It was like, no, nah, man, you have to start looking at things a little bit differently because where, where you are and where you were is completely different. And as I started to do that, I started to notice a lot of idiosyncrasies I had that I'm starting to put actual uh, patterns behind. Like, I don't like repeating myself. I really can't stand it. I feel like my voice is loud enough for people to hear me the first time I say something. What did so you say? You, stop. Okay. So if, <laughs> so if when I say something and you say, huh, and I repeat myself again, that second huh that comes out, I'm immediately irritated. But I got that because my grandfather has this huge stigma against repeating himself. So he would always say something to me, and out of just sheer fear of, like, doing something wrong, I would say, sir, to make sure I heard him correctly. He would go, sir, huh? and look at me. Like, you heard what I said. What? So uncovering that is just one facet of this is a prolonged behavior that I've been around that I'm starting to identify with. Huh? It's not something that it's just the way you are. It's something that you were repetitively around. What? And I feel like that... Really? So, <laughs> I feel like people who have this, this sustained idea that um, the two hours you spend on Sunday are going to alleviate you of all your problems. Four hours. Oh, I don't know what church you go to. <laughs> but y'all got me from y'all got me from eleven to one. I get off at one on Sundays when they come to church. Like, no, I'm clocking out. But anyway. Um, how would you um, start to get someone to realize that this isn't enough for you? Because yeah. the people in our lives that actually delve in this in this realm, the church is a one-stop shop and it's the end-all, be-all to yeah. all your problems. How do you get someone to broaden their view to know it's something else wrong and you do need additional help? You need you need another set of fries with it. You that ain't gonna fill you up. <laughs> that ain't gonna fill you up. Well, yeah. and you need and you need groceries for the week. I, Precisely. Even with therapy, um, I think it's great that people come and see me uh, one hour a week for you know. But I'm not that therapist where it's like, okay, see you next week. We have things, practical things that we can take out of the session. I send my clients with um, therapy work. I love my air quotes. We I send them out with therapy work. So that's kind of sustains them until their next session with me and if they need anything in between the two sessions I allow them to reach out to me for help because I think like I said it's great to come once a week to see me but I just don't think it's enough um, to sustain progress 
And the same with church. It's great if you go on Sunday and even Wednesday. But just hearing that message and receiving it but not being able to interact back necessarily. Yeah. It's just not enough. It feels good to you. It's only, it's only uh, as you said earlier, it's, it's just a band-aid. But mm -hmm. if you're not treating the wound, you're just slapping something over it. You're not really getting to the root of the problem. And some kind of, yeah, in some kind of way we wonder what, why in why you know infection sets in mm -hmm. some type of way we wonder why you know mm -hmm. there's 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 an area for us to not truly get to the area of what is truly bothering us because we do not treat our wounds we we cover them up and make them pretty and presentable enough so you can see something that's wrong because i have this bright bandage on but you probably don't know the severity of it and a lot of Correct. a lot of people do know we're the ones that are convincing ourselves that this is enough. Mm -hmm. Like, there are people now, because mental health is something that is on the forefront of conversation now, there are people that are more sensitive it's to cute. it. It's cute. It's <laughs> <laughs> <No>, cute. <laughs> there are people that are more... It's um, cute. That are more sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of people are looking at their, their friends like, Hey, you may need to go and see someone. But it's, it's kind of like what, what Dick Gregory said about, you know, people working in the paper mill. It, it smells. But if you are somebody that works there, you no longer smell it. Febreze commercial. You no longer smell <laughs> it, period. So, a lot of us are so inclined to work inside of these toxic situations. We no longer smell or see how toxic we are because we... We don't even realize how toxic we are to other people. Like, we all have people around us who are toxic and who have not dealt with their own mental health. And because of that, that, that rubs off on us who may also be dealing with our own mental health. So those light workers, empath workers, you, are, you may be attracting some damaged people. And they are rubbing off on you. You know? Trey said, well, okay, I just want to say, on the tail side of this coin, there are also a lot of people who take advantage of the pre Yeah, come on in here, Dre. Some people use situation as a means of shooting their shot or a vehicle for validation. Man, black, you better come black, on in here. What Dre said? Black what? people love ambiguity. Woo! <laughs> come on in here, Dre, friend of the show. Yes, ma'am. That's the reason why it is important to appropriately and properly define what something is. Everybody screaming about depression ain't ain't they they just live here. Mm -hmm. They just visiting. They don't have an address here. I had a bad day. My tire was flat. Oh my god, you guys I'm having depressed. a bad day. Some people just driving through. Yeah. They ain't even visiting. They ain't even visiting. A lot of like there are some people who who are literally seeing that mental health is on the forefront of a popularity conversation mm -hmm. and they want to use this as an icebreaker and they want to use this as a means to connect with people and they I want to use this as a yeah they, they, they want to use Deep this breaks. as a means to <laughs> they want to use this as a means to for attention you know and as sad as that is and as sad as I, I don't want to really say that it is a truth but even with that, I, I, I say this to my parents a lot. Even if you think, which never just think a child is, 
is threatening uh, to attempt suicide as a means of depression. Always, 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 always take it seriously. Definitely. Even if you think that they're lying. Well, Definitely. Take them somewhere and let a professional assess that situation. Yes, yes. But even if someone is trying to seek attention, there's still an issue there. There's still a mental issue there. It may not be depression, but it is definitely still something that they have to get seen about because why would something so painful, something that can take your life, why would that be something that you would want to seek attention with? Yeah. We want to we want to we want to look at that. So even if a child or uh, whoever is trying to seek attention, you still come to me. Yes. We still need to figure out what that's about. We got some self-esteem issues here. Yes. We have some lack of validation going on here. You don't have to have a therapist just because you're depressed. You don't have to. You don't have to be depressed just to go to a therapist. Right. Correct. That's exactly what she's saying here. Like, if you are one of those people who just has self-esteem issues and you have something that that is detaching you from reality, you may need to talk to someone. You may need to talk to someone as a means to getting a grasp on what reality truly is. You may need to have a conversation with someone so that you'll be able to realize the severity of what you're talking about and how huge of an issue that really is. We do live in a world where pop culture is defined by a lot of tragic events. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're not saying that everyone that's talking about depression is looking for attention. But we are saying that it is like every other craze that is out there. There are people that will always want some type of clout, clout and attention. They they capping. <laughs> they capping, Lord. Big top head. Huh? Yeah. Big old top head. Monopoly. Monopoly. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Big old head. Big old, big old hat. Yeah, that's what they do. But yeah, that's stupid. I cannot believe y'all got me to indulge in ignorance. Such a wonderful topic. Gosh, I feel slightly strange. It's oh, chemistry. It's, it's chemistry. Anyway, Miss Dominique, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what where we find this. Like on the flip side of that coin, like, have you ever like as a licensed therapist? Have you ever had to see someone and break it down? Say, hey, you're not depressed. Have you ever had to tell them that? Like, and have they ever fought that diagnosis? Because, like, plenty of times, uh, especially working in a psychiatric hospital. Okay. Unfortunately, people use that. The, the psychiatric hospital has become, for the most part, three hots in a cot for people that don't want to be financially responsible, and that is really sad. Um, but I had to, I had to be blunt with a lot of patients in there because they, you know, they kept coming back every day, literally every day. But they wouldn't even get their prescriptions filled. Wow! You know, they wouldn't even take, they wouldn't even take um, the practical application that we sent them home with. They don't even have a chance to use it because they're turning right back around and coming into the hospital. We call that malingering. So a lot of people like to yeah, malingering. Malingering. Add it to the dictionary. <laughs> a lot of people like to do that, and it's really sad because there are people that actually do need the help that, and, and and someone else is there who really just needs to learn how to be a little more responsible. Um, okay, mm. 
And, oh, wow. and, Nobody wants to hear that. That's right. accountability. <laughs> right. And hey, if you're having trouble being responsible, you still need a therapist because yeah. that is still a problem. But um, yeah, I've had to I, I've had to confront people and say, hey, I'm this isn't your issue. This is your issue. You don't want to be responsible. Um, you don't want to. Uh, you're used to being spoiled and ha having everything done from you, and now uh, done for you. And now that your parents have passed. This is how you found your way around is, oh, I can just say that I'm suicidal. I'll be admitted for a week or two, and if I act up in the hospital, maybe even a month, and I'll have my three hots and a cot. But when they're in the ha hospital, they're the happiest people. Wow. They And then they refuse their meds. Wow. <laughs> in the hospital. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I've had to. <laughs> like, one thing that I've been uh, concerned with is people who are physically starting to diminish mm -hmm. as a result of prolonged depression mm -hmm. and they haven't identified with it so they're using they're coping with things that are deteriorating whether it be alcohol whether it be drugs whether it be some people it's food and it's the wrong types of foods so um in the normal throes of dealing with um a, a clinical version of depression and you have someone who is taking medicine. They've gotten to the point where they feel like they don't need their medicine anymore, but in the transverse of it, have supplanted the medicine they were taking with vices or abilities or ways to cope with things. And they're sustaining their happiness, quote unquote, with the ability of saying, this is keeping me sane. Like some people have, um, whether it be eating disorder, some people use a vice of smoking, they're addicted to some form of medication, or they're addicted to drinking. Like, I've watched and talked, I've heard this conversation so much recently, it was a, um, a young man by the name of Renshaw who said he drank a bottle of tequila every other day, and this was prolonged over the, he finished college doing this. So, how do you get someone who doesn't who doesn't know what they're doing is a form of depression manifesting itself in the way that they're coping with it? So that's another benefit of CBT because as you were saying that in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, with the eating disorder, that's a control issue, feeling a lack of control. When did that lack of control start? Mm -hmm. Or when did you first take your first drink? Was it your dad giving it to you or... Did you, was that a thing that your parents did when they felt angry is drink? And so that's what you picked up on and you noticed that they were being, that they became more elated or more happy um, once they drank. So like you said before, there's habits, there's learned behaviors that we pick up on. Mm -hmm. But then also uh, with the control thing, a lot of people that you talk to with the eating disorders Somewhere felt a lack of control, whether it whether it's a big noticeable situation or whether it was just um, the way that they were attended to as children. Maybe they were pushed to the side and weren't heard, and they weren't able to um, speak their mind or share their emotions. Things like that manifest into eating disorder, manifest into hoarding, and people would never mm -hmm. make that connection. That's why it's important. Um, for me as a therapist to go in detail and connect the dots and connect the dots mm -hmm. exactly and it takes me 
sometimes two and three sessions to get all that information and I tell them I just need to be detailed so we can get to the root of this yes and I also tell them because a lot of times people cry their first session that's normal everybody that's normal mm -hmm. but I give them I give them the choice I say like you were saying before um, it's, it's a wound you know it's, it's a wound we can't see but it's a wound it's a mental and emotional wound and so therapy is the alcohol that goes in that wound. It is going to sting. Yes. But you can yes. have a wound that you put alcohol in and it stings and heals. Or you can just continue to let it fester until you get it gets gangrenous and you lose your entire arm. Yes. You can't return from Diction. Big diction. <laughs> big old diction. <laughs> yeah. uh, another, another aspect that um, I was kind of uh, in the throes with was people who identify themselves as being depressed and have this woe is me attitude towards it. Mm -hmm. Like they, it's a lot of self pity. Mm -hmm. How is, how do you kind of being close to people who might be that way, who have the woe is me attitude when you speak to them? How do you kind of get that behavior to regress and understand that they do need to seek? Some form of counseling. You talking about my personal life? No, 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 no. Because no. I can tell you how I do that. <laughs> I mean, if, if if you have personal, like outside of the licensing aspect of it, mm -hmm. that you would tell somebody how to do that, cool. But I mean, it, both sides, really. Uh, I, I, I'm asking this because it's things that I do. It's it's, it's things that I experience in my personal walk, my day to day, and I I have people that are extremely close to me who have that type of attitude. Who, when you try to coax them into hey, this isn't the right way to do things. And it's, well, you don't understand what I've been through. And I've had such a hard life. And you, you just need to let me have this. Like, how do you kind of get someone to jar that level of thinking out? To get them to open to wanting to seek help because they don't see nothing wrong right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Unfortunately, you just can't really help people that don't want to be helped. You just can't. Like, we can offer all the resources, but you can't, like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can fill somebody's toolbox and show them how to use the tools, but they, it's their choice to use it. Um, as, you know, in your personal life, that's, that's, um, you have the right, if somebody is not trying to get better, you have the right to decide how close you want to be to that person. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, Now, if they're yeah, trying yeah. to get better, and they're doing what... It, what it takes and you're there is their support and they have bad days because that's going to happen but they're still being diligent about getting their self well understood mm -hmm. understood but if like I'll, I'll even I use the example of diabetes if I if I had someone in my life who was diabetic and they're refusing their insulin I have a right to get upset with them and say hey you're hurting yourself you don't want to help yourself you know what you need to do you won't do it, and it's it's taxing for me. So I yes. have to distance myself yes. from you. So I mean, and that's just what it is. A lot of times, with personality disorders, unfortunately, that's that's the outcome. They lose a lot of relationships because they're not able to see that they have a problem. It's so deeply ingrained in who they are that, um, and it doesn't even harm them. They don't even see it as harmful to them. It's everybody else's fault, and so with that, they lose a lot of people. So. Unfortunately, that's just the sad truth of it. Everybody, we can't save everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right.
I think that in closing, we can we can literally look at depression. What what you should have gotten from this experience, from this conversation, is that depression is not something that first the first thing that that. Ms. Dominique so eloquently told us what said. Depression is diagnosed based off of duration. That's three D's. Depression, diagnosis, duration. Duration. Ah, <laughs> so we 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 realize that this is something that you should be able to to look out for. Because I think a lot of people want to know what are the telltale signs to tell if someone is depressed and going to kill themselves. And it's not really that easy. You know, like it's not really that easy. It's it's just not. So don't don't get so wrapped up in the fact that you're you're trying to look into someone else's mental stability that you forget about your own. Say that one more time. I don't know if it has to see. They need to breathe. <laughs> Get there. We are all trying to look at other people and their, their their mental health. Do you know the people who come to you sometimes don't even consider if you're okay? Correct. So you have to look at if you are okay. Depression, the second thing that you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is that it is okay if you are going through some type of mental illness. It is definitely okay not to be okay. You are not some leper that's out here just just can't be in the society. There are ways to treat this. It is okay to not be okay. We also need you to understand that we are looking at you as someone who does not have any mental illness. We are looking at you as Superman because we do not know how you are able to survive in this climate without having some type of stressors or triggers. It is okay. There are more people around you that are struggling than you think so. There are more of us around you that, that, that are struggling than you would believe. The third thing you need to understand that treatment, hey, treatment is a viable option. You have resources. You have options. You have things that you can do to get to wellness. Do not medicate or diagnose yourself. Correct. Go and see a licensed professional to help you see and create a plan to wellness, a road to wellness for yourself. And because the operative, sorry about that, but yeah, let me, yeah, let me yeah. say this. Should be, should be. The goal should be to get outside of this state. Mm -hmm. Depression is not something that you turn on and turn off. It is not something as simple as a mood. Right. It is not something as small or as fragile as something very temporary. Go and get help and diagnose yourself and find a, a plan, a cognitive plan to help you that's centered around you, that's tailored, fitted to you. As Dominique said earlier, there are resources for you to be able to find something that fits you. You may want a black, you may want a black 
licensed professional. There are places that you can go that will be able to tell you. Also, you are now looking at a licensed professional on your screen right now at this very moment that looks like you and will be able to I help you identify what these things is. She is not your friend. Her hair's curly too. She is not your friend. Her hair curly like yours. Her hair's curly like yours. She has a black experience. I sure do. She has a black experience herself. She is she believes in the power of therapy so much. Not only is she a paid therapist, but she is also looking for one herself. And I tattoo my body with mental health quotes. <laughs> and she tattoos her body with mental health quotes. She's dope. I uh one one thing I want to speak to as a couple of listeners that happen to be black males. Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. Understanding that we are not androids. Yay! Understanding that we are not people who don't feel and because you feel doesn't make you less of a man mm. because I am somebody who delves in the realm of my own emotions and I'm not afraid of them I'm not I, I struggle with anger tell and them I how big you are tell them not, why? tell the children that you're 16 and 400 plus pounds tell them you a big old hunk of a man huh and you still out here going through it and you still know that you got emotions tell them tell the children Tell him. Tell the truth, Shane. Yay! <laughs> Big old hunk of a man. And if he can say, I got feelings and I hurt on the inside sometimes, you ain't got nothing to be worried about, sir. Because you ain't going to move nothing. Because she ain't going to move nothing. Ain't nobody going to move nothing. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, go ahead. But under understanding that, I mean, we are not expected to go through life and not feel and not hurt and not be damaged. Mm -hmm. uh, we go through the throes of dealing with work, we go through the throes of dealing with the fair sex, we go through the throes of dealing with family and friends. These components, especially our social life, these components all woven together will paint a picture that you are constantly being beaten by things that you don't know how to shake off or get away from. The, the difference, I believe, is that you have to come to grips with the fact that you are, you are comfortable with self, being open. And until you get to a point where you can honestly speak to self and look in the mirror and understand that something is wrong. Like Jay had a line, he was like, when you can look in the mirror and not see what you've become, you've truly been conned by whatever it is that you're doing. When you have a place to go to that is completely transparent and it's open and you can expose yourself and actually have someone who is intelligent and prepared enough for you in this conversation that they can put the things that you're spewing out in certain boxes in certain places to help you identify with getting past them. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have been going through things for years and decades and we are coping with them by doing things that we just see as normal behavior. Mm -hmm. And we are sick and we're walking around pretending that nothing is wrong with us. There has to be a turning point because until we can start to do that, some of the things that we're trying to do for our community are not going to be sustained properly because we have people walking around who are constantly in need of help and they're acting out things that are detrimental to the progress that we're trying to make. They are because, more detriments themselves. Exactly. So as black men, as a black man myself who goes through everything you go through, who goes to the same places you go to, who deals with the same level of discriminations and racist behaviors and trials and tribulations. I myself am 
going to start looking for a way to deal with the things that I know myself have been triggering. Mm -hmm. So, I myself, I, me, I'm the person in the room that everybody expects to be the strong one. Mm -hmm. If I can stand up in all the things that she just said, if I can stand up and say that I need a therapist, I need someone to talk to to help me deal with the things that I go through mentally, if I can do that. Stand in the fact that sometimes something may be wrong. If you if you throw yourself into drinking, if you throw yourself into drugs, if you throw yourself into women, if you throw yourself into anything that try to coax what the de- what you Any consider advice. to be decompression for you, if the decompression things that you do don't help your health, they're hurting your health. So anything that is a component that you need to analyze, but you need someone with you to help you put these things into subservient boxes. Get help. Uh-huh. Find someone that you're comfortable speaking with and get help because it's not something to be ashamed of that something's wrong. Yes. People think that, I mean, I think with men, we look at it like our own vehicles. If something is wrong with our vehicle, we don't want to admit that nothing's wrong with our vehicle. We want to just be able to drive and patch whatever's wrong up so nobody notices anything's wrong. And that's, that is, that's toxic. Yes. So it's toxic in nature. You have to get to a point where something's wrong with your vehicle. Taking it to someone, because you are a man, you're not expected to know everything. Just like we are scared to ask for directions, we're scared to go to mechanics and say, hey, you ain't something wrong with my car. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with it. Can you tell me? Yes, please tell me what's wrong with my vehicle. But sometimes I think the fear of being hustled comes up with, with a lot of... That's what ego that's what, comes and that's, from. That's what it spoke to. So find someone that you're comfortable with. You don't have to go to every mechanic that everyone tells you to. Yeah. You can find that one person that is licensed that you just feel comfortable with and have them analyze what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Talk to people. You have to get to a point where you're, 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 you're admitting that the things that are internal with you are detrimental to you. Mm-hmm. And until you start to have that relationship with self... To you, self-accountable, and you have honesty with self. These are things that you're going to continue to try to cover up and sweep under the rug. Yeah. So yeah. I encourage all black men under the sound of my voice that will see this video. Please, do not let up off the gas when it comes to healing the yourself. Black women, you are not absolved from that responsibility either. Correct. Black women, you need to be able to understand that as much pride as the black man may have black women a lot of that pride that we have when it comes down to this this has been something that has been taught to us as a means of survival we have built walls around of our around ourselves to the point where we only know how to be so independent that it works as our it works as a detriment to ourselves now because we have have had to be self-sufficient we have had to be reliant upon self that it is now a power struggle that we deal with actually going and getting help or trying to get some type of help because we have had to be strong in places where we felt weak now we attribute the idea of weakness to getting help from someone we have to be able to be responsible enough because as the bearer of young guys and young goddesses we have to be able to Make sure that our temples and our minds are free, are free. Excuse me from any foul or wrong, foul feeling of, of doubt and depression. I know that it is difficult. 
the reality of the situation is everyone knows that it is difficult. And sometimes people are looking at you marveled at the idea that you are still standing because the things that you are going through, black woman, would have killed someone else. So just because you are still standing, that does not mean that you are not hemorrhaging from the inside. Right. You need you need to be able to go somewhere and lay down your pain. Because you are not moving, because you are still moving does not mean that you have not sustained some damage. It is absolutely okay for you to not be okay, ma'am. And that is that is being said by this red-headed silly chick that's sitting on the side of you. I'm telling you that I'm I suffer from depression and anxiety. It is difficult some days to get out here and speak. But because I know what it's like for me, I'm telling you that this is not a happy place to be in. Nor is it a, it is a place for you to be in to realize who you truly are and your greatness. If we are going to walk into this year of the W, because it is still the year of the W, it is still the witty committee, it is still the year of the W. If we are going to maximize our wins and truly realize our greatness, let's get our health together, you guys. Let's get our health together, let's take our health seriously, and let's encourage each other to do so. Let's break the stigma of getting some help. Let's break the stigma of needing someone to talk to. Encourage these black men to go and talk to somebody. Encourage that sister that's at your job that's having the time of her life, but having the time of her worst life because she raised her kids and she got a lot of trauma in her life. Encourage her to do less gossiping and go to a therapist. Encourage her to stop uploading statuses on Facebook. This is not helping us perpetuate anything. Go and see a therapist, someone that is going to help you connect the dots. Dominique, tell them where they can find you. Tell them where they can access all things you because you have been absolutely phenomenal with taking down some of the things that we wanted to say. Thank you so much. Alright, so just think Yellow Bird. That's what I say because everything is Yellow Bird. So my email, I've been putting it in the comments. Therapy at yellowbirdcounseling.com. Again, that's therapy at yellowbirdcounseling.com. So if you need a therapeutic consultation, you don't know how to ask for help, you don't know where to go, just simply put that in the body of the email. You can even put a bunch of question marks and I'll, and I'll take care of the rest for you. So that's therapy at yellowbirdcounseling.com. You can also take a look at my website, which has my bio. And that is yellowbirdcounseling.com. Again, that's yellowbirdcounseling.com. All of this is one word, no spaces. And then you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, both therapy at therapy, I'm sorry, yellowbirdcounseling.com. Facebook and IG is, is yellowbirdcounseling.com. Okay, that's how you follow me on there. And um, also go live with me. I'll be live tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and the topic is going to be anxiety. So we're going to be tackling that, and I'll be there answering questions about anxiety. So join me at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, or please, please watch the replay. And if you're watching, if you watch the replay and have questions, again, just email me, therapy at yellowbirdcounseling.com. But in the meantime, follow me at Yellowbird Counseling on Facebook and IG. Thank you. She has been posting all 
night, she has been making herself visible in the way that we encourage all of our guests to do. Make yourself visible. Allow our people to see that this is a resource that we have allowed you guys to actually see. This is something that we have allowed you guys to actually have. We do not want to just talk to you about depression. Let's talk to somebody who will give you resources and solutions because ladies and gentlemen depression is not an end all be all and it cannot and it will not end you if you take proper 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 measurements to go ahead and do something about you guys and I want to actually take time to highlight somebody that's on our live that is a friend of the show who we love very much Mr. Charles Perkins Jr. who does send to the people that he's close to. If you have a circle of friends, you can start this conversation simply by doing that. Yes. Text your friends. If you yourself are the person that's downtrodden and don't know how to talk about issues that you really want to talk about with your friends, text them and say, hey, on a scale of one to five, how are you doing today? Open it up like that. And then once he starts to talk, you can then share a rebuttal. You can, yes. you can, you can actually have this conversation. We need I, more of that. So... To, 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 to Perkins, much love and I appreciate everything that, it, that you do uh, in our group. And I want other people to take the same method of checking on their friends. Don't just pop up on your homeboy uh, with a bottle and be like, hey, man, what's good? What's cracking? Like, how everything been going? And he said, man, I'm straight holding the road. That's the end of the conversation now. We love and at this Perkins. point, now all you're going to talk about is things that are notated where notate where that it happened. We no, love you, Perkins. Stress, love you, Perkins. stress that conversation. And actually ask the people close to you how they're doing. Ruff, Find a way you. to do it. I love you, Ruff. Ruff does a lot of that in our group. Like, Ruff is a proponent of mental health. Like, you guys, we, we are a nation of people. Like, connect with your friends. Encourage your friends to do good things. Encourage your friends to take care of themselves. Encourage your friends. Mama, I love you. I really appreciate you for being the biggest goofball I know and showing me how to cope. Thank you so much. This has been. Well, uh, you, 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 you want to close this thing out? I mean, I feel like oh, Miss yes. T. Adria uh, is always going to be somebody who is accepting of strangers, complete strangers sometimes. Jesus Christ. Um, people who uh, might need someone else to talk to who has their friendly face, somebody they're not afraid of talking to. This is someone who is very personable. This is someone who uh, actually deals with um, with uh, dealing with people and dynamics of uh, friendly conversation. So if it is someone that you need to help direct you to someone to figure out how to get help, that's someone also that I feel like you can reach out to to, to compensate for not having someone to help you identify with what the problem okay, is. Okay, hold on now. Hold on. T is friendly, but my friend goes through stuff. And don't come to my friend with all of your stuff now. I'm just going to redirect you. I'm telling you, redirect. That's all you need to do to Dominique. My friend got real life problems too. Alright? Listen, I don't like people per se. Alright, dude. And you want to sit them over there. But I ain't never met a stranger. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I ain't never met a stranger. I ain't never met a stranger. So if you want to talk to me, you can talk to me.
talk to me. Talk to my friend. Be as honest as possible. Yeah. Appreciate the little Dan. D Lynch. Go to some therapy. Yeah. And if you need to find out how to get some therapy, I can show you. Yeah. To the therapy. I can I can navigate your wheel flex. I can tell you how to get there. I know by I know by HR. You. Nick? Huh? Anyway. This has been another edition. Of Witted Wednesdays, we appreciate all of the people who took the time out to hear a message and actually ingest something that will be beneficial going forward. For everybody that decided to uh, come in and comment, we love them and appreciate everything. Um, big shout out to Dominique. Uh, big shout out to TD Adria. Uh, this has been. Thank you, a, Jessica. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Jessica, for linking us. Thank you, Jessica. This has been another edition. This is episode 16. 16 on a beat. Yeah. <laughs> Over it Wednesday. Y'all have a good one. Good night. Stay with it. Good night. For, For the, the money. money.